I've been directly involved in the launch of over a dozen multi-site campuses through the churches I've led, and half of them have been in movie theaters. I'm convinced that every church leader should consider using a theater for your next campus or church plant. They're flexible, culturally relevant locations, typically in the center of the community that you're trying to reach. Regal is the only theater company with a dedicated team of full-time consultants ready to help your church launch and succeed in a movie theater. Check out Regal Theater church.com for more information on locations your church could use. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. I am so fortunate that you tuned in today. So lucky uh, that you would let us spend some time with you. I know that you're really busy. You've got a lot going on at your church, and we're just honored that you'd pop us in your earbuds and and tune in. Uh, Today, you're going to be rewarded for that. We've got Mark Kroll with us. He is the executive pastor at Northview Church. This is an incredible church. Um, It's a fast-growing church, about 7,000 people uh, a weekend. They have uh, five campuses plus church online. Uh, uh, welcome to the show, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Rich. I'm happy to be with you. Oh, thank you so much. I wonder if we could start by you kind of telling us a little bit about Northview. If people were to show up this weekend, what would they experience? And then tell us about your role. Yeah. So, I mean, Northview's church started in 1980. Uh, 29 people met in a cafeteria in Carmel Elementary School and dreamed Amazing. about uh, making a difference in our community. And uh, so from that start, the church has grown. We've had two pastors over the life of our church. Our current pastor, Steve Poe, has been here since 99, and he really brought to Northview the current culture and vision and uh, kind of the outreach uh, mindset. Uh, the The church started under Tommy Pano, who was an amazing man, extremely gifted pastor, very shepherding, caring, mm-hmm. uh, built a, a great a core group of, of followers, of, of believers, believers in Christ. But when Steve came, Tommy, by the way, died of Lou Gehrig's disease, which oh was uh, wow. really, as you can imagine, That's difficult painful. for the church uh, to go through. And then Absolutely. Steve came and brought uh, the the vision. We, we are on the highest point in our county in really? Indiana. So we are up literally on a hill. We have a big kind of like a art piece on our property that huh. is uh, from Matthew about being a light on a hill. and shining the light of Christ to our community, and that's really what we want to do. It's it's that old uh, premise, and you've heard it uh, probably a million times. If your church left town, closed its doors, uh, would anybody notice? Mm. Would anybody care? And would anybody cry? And we want to be one of those churches where if we left town, people would cry in Karma wow. and all the different communities where we have multi-sites. Huh. Now, what are some of those ways that you're making a, you know, a positive impact that you think some of those things people would miss um, you know, if, you were to, if you were to close and shut your doors? Well, I mean, just for example, here at our Carmel campus, we're on 80 acres, and uh, we're in a we're in a community of a bunch of overachievers. We're on the <laughs> north side of Indianapolis. These people are are all very professional and great at what they do, yeah. and that bleeds down into their kids. And so, one of the things we did we for years, all we did at Northview Church was mowed grass, and it's very pastoral. Like I said, we're on a hill. Indiana's flat as a pancake, yes. so when you're on a hill. It's beautiful, but all we did was mow it and it looked pretty. And we met together as pastors and said, how can we use our property and give it back to the community? And so we developed on our property a 3K and a 5K cross-country course. Really? And so fast forward to today, 
and we we host events for our for Indiana as well as for the country. We had the Big East Conference uh, cross country championships here. Wow! We hold the Indiana High School semi state, the middle school championships. So we have events on our church property that we gather probably seven eight thousand people wow. for these huge running events. That's one example. Yeah. Of, of like, wow, if we if we closed up and went away and this wasn't here, it's kind of like a park-like facility that we've created for our community. So right. that's a small way. We, the, the thought is if they play in your backyard, maybe they'll come inside the house and, and yeah. stay for coffee or, or have a coffee and just check it out. And we've seen that happen. We know <laughs> that that is happening. Well, you said it. I, you know, when you said you were on the tallest point in your county, you know, the highest point, and I'm thinking Indiana. I'm like, is that like <laughs> tallest of the seven dwarves kind of situation? <laughs> it's like, not very <laughs> impressive, brother. <laughs> yeah. We do have sledding. This is the one place within a, you know, a 20 minute drive. Everybody right. comes to sled. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, you know, one of the things I, I've heard your reputation from your church is that, you know, obviously a large church, a lot of people, seven thousand people, by any. You know, stretch of imagination is a lot of people. Um, but how are you able to kind of transform that and really make it personal? How are you able to, um, you know, make sure that people feel like they're getting cared for, even in, in that they're just not another number in the crowd? Yeah. So uh, I don't know how large the church is you're in or, or the listeners, but uh, I think one of the assumptions that people have about mega churches uh, are that they're impersonal. You're just a number, mm -hmm. and uh, nobody's going to know whether you're there or where, whether you're not. And we uh, just diametrically reject that notion. We feel like there's no reason why a mega church has to feel that way. And I'm not saying some might might feel that way, but one of the comments we regularly get from newcomers is like, "I cannot believe how friendly this place is." Very I mean, cool. people really feel loved and valued. Right. And recognized and noticed, whereas you can go into a smaller size church and nobody says hi to you. Nobody. I mean, you can go and 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 leave and be like, man, nobody even knew I was there. Right. Absolutely. And some people want their anonymity. And if that's the case, we're not going to harass people. We'll let right. them just come and check it out and kick the tires. But for many people, uh, they are surprised mm -hmm. by uh, by the feel mm -hmm. that they get when they walk onto one of our campuses. Mm -hmm. So there, it, we, there are some things that we do that are very intentional to, to make that feel work. And one is we have uh, raised the bar on the, the 30, 20 to 30 minutes before service time and after service time. So mm -hmm. in between your service times mm -hmm. and before, we feel like that is prime time. That is the one time every week where people are coming to you. Mm. I mean, you're not trying to go out and track right. people down and, and get appointments and all that. Everybody is coming to you. And so you've got to be on. And, and our pastors, we say, guys, we work weekends. I don't know if you realize it, but we have a weekend job. <laughs> right. and, uh, and when people are actually coming to us, that is time to, um, to be on, yeah, absolutely. if you want, want to say it that way. And so we kind of prioritize during that window as pastors, what are our priorities? The first priority is find people you don't know, you don't recognize, go up to them and say hello. You don't have mm -hmm. to say, hey, I'm a pastor, what's mm -hmm. your name? Mm -hmm. Just say, hey, I'm Mark, uh, I don't think we've met, what's, mm -hmm. your, you know, what's your name? 
How long have you been coming here? Really, where do you live? Mm -hmm. And I never revealed to them I'm a pastor. Now, we have name tags, and I'm wearing a name tag. It's just printed off of the, you know, you check in, yep. and it says pastor on it. So they may figure it out, and that's fine if they do, but I don't lead with that. And mm -hmm. and uh, so that's the number one priority is find somebody you don't recognize and know, introduce yourself, make them feel like you're glad they're here. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I I, I, um, I just want people to pick up. I don't want I don't want people to miss this. So the church I the church I lead at it's about 3,500 people, half the size of your church. Um, one of the things I've noticed uh, as we continue to grow and as you know, large churches, which is counterintuitive, smaller churches they think because we're not that big, we don't have to work at making people feel connected. And so then, guess what? People don't feel connected. Where as our churches grow, as we really try to take our big thing and make it small, we have to get intentional about it. And I love what you're saying, even getting intentional with our staff to say, hey, your job is to to work the foyer. Your job is to get out and work that atrium. Um, what can we do, you know, to say, you know, to say hi to, to people? What's some of the coaching, you know, just before we move on, some of the coaching that in that particular piece, kind of the working the lobby, working the atrium, what is some of that that you, as you lead your team, how to have those interactions? What's kind of a positive way, you know, are there, you know, what do you say to say to people if it's like, I don't know what to say. Um, I, you know, what would you, what would you kind of coach folks to, to do well, in that instance? I mean, let's face it. The bigger your church gets, the, the harder it is to wrap your arms around who's new and who's not new. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get really comfortable and good with, Hey, Hey, I'm not sure. Help me remember. Have we met before? Yes. And you know, and so there's this, there's an art to tactfully saying, I can't remember your name or I think we've met. Haven't we met before? People get that. People know you're in a huge environment, you, and they recognize you because you're up on stage right. uh, service hosting or preaching or teaching or doing whatever you're doing. But and they, they, they are very gracious to, to, uh, to give you that lee leeway. One of the other one of the other questions I'll use all the time is like, "Hey, um, hey, great, great to see you. Now, how long have you been coming to Liquid?" Yeah. Or how long have you been coming to Northview? Because yeah. if if their first brand new Sunday, exactly. um, then them say, "Hey, I just walked in today is fine." It, you know, the 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 danger is on the other end. Someone's been at our church three years, and I say to them, "Like, hey, I think you're new here," and they're like, "No, I've been here for three years. I'm tithing. Yeah. I serve in six ministries." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they're like, "Whoa, wait a second. Yeah, um, exactly. But that can help you. Like, if they say, "Oh yeah," you know, and and people who've been here for a while. Will if you say like, hey, you know, how long you been you've been coming to Liquid or how long you been coming to Northview? Yeah, um, you know, folks will be like, well, yeah, I've been you know I've been coming for a year. I serve in kids. Oh, really? Wh whose team are you on in kids? Exactly. And then it kind of you know you know can domino down, uh, for, you know, from there. You know, what what else are you doing to try to you know what are the strategies are you employing? Uh, I think you know I think that uh, one one last thing about that piece yeah. is our lead guy Steve Poe mm -hmm. models this like nobody's business. I've never seen a lead pastor so present mm -hmm. in the lobby and atrium and walking literally for the 13 years I've been here, every service, every time he walks up and down the aisle while the worship is playing, he's patting backs, he's saying hello, he's wrecking, and he never says, I'm, I'm the guy, you know, the, the pastor. Then he gets up and teaches and people come to our membership class. They're like, man, this guy came up and said hi to me. And then I realized he's the pastor of the church. Right. And it makes this really a warm feeling connection. So yeah. uh, that's that. So just a priority. Yeah, don't that. miss that. So church leaders, I the um, I want you to underline what what we said there about Steve. I think there's a lot of times churches get over 200 people, and I've heard 
you know, church leaders say, no, I just need to, I can't be out. I got, I'm so busy. I got to, no, 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 no. Wait a second. This is our time to connect with people. You know, even take Steve's leadership there of here's a guy who, you know, he's got lots of things he could say he could be doing different at that moment rather than out, you know, working the crowd, you know, you know, trying to shake hands, connect with people, you know, so glad to see you. There was a guy, a friend of mine, Jim Tomberlin, who used to be on staff at Willow. So Willow Creek, 20 plus thousand people. Um, you know, I got to spend a couple weekends with Jim, just kind of shadowing him. And that was what I was blown away by. Here's a guy teaching pastor on the lead team of one of the largest churches in the country. That guy worked the foyer. He, um, he was constantly around shaking hands, you know, kissing babies, not in a political way, in a, I'm trying to, you know, connect with as many people as I can. I know I've got a short window here with folks. So push back against if people are like, oh, I'm not sure I've got time for that. You know, leaders lean in on that. Um, you you, You can do that. And by the way, Steve is not an extrovert. Right. He's an introvert. Very yes. early on in his ministry, he had a mentor model it for him and said, this is the right thing to do. do this, this is what. And so he has taught himself how to do that. And he's extremely familiar and comfortable with it now. But by in his nature, he's not like wired for that. Right. Absolutely. Cool. Well, what else? What else are you, you know, co- coaching your your team to think about, you know, as what are the strategies to kind of yeah. make the church feel small? Yeah. So just with that, that lobby time, let me just wrap it up with this. Yeah. Meet new people. F- that you don't know. Mm-hmm. The second thing is introduce uh, newcomers to old timers, mm. and then priority three is talk with old timers. Right. So, so there's like this because we're all naturally been, and we have people coming to us. All the old timers want to yuck it up with right. us, and to help them realize, you know what, this is limited time. I got. I'm trying to meet some new people. Right. So they're at, really at the bottom of the pecking order with regard to that particular 30 minutes in the week. Yep. There are other times of the week when we can have coffee and catch up and all that. Right. So very cool. Very cool. So that's that. The second, another thing I would just share as far as warmth and making a mega church feel personal and all that is I came back from a sabbatical. I was off for 12 weeks. We attended 16 mega churches. My wife and I uh, uh, during the time off. It was really a neat experience. It made me think that there are a lot of churches doing great weekend services. And I've heard Heibel say, you know, and I agree, it's all about the weekend mm-hmm. as far as that that's when everybody is here. But what happens between weekend services is what distinguishes mega churches from each other. Because mm. a lot of the weekends, I mean, it was, it was weird. Everybody's doing great weekend services. But what happens between those services? And one of the things I came back with from sabbatical that I felt like was a very tangible thing is, I challenge all of our pastoral staff, you need to handwrite three notes every week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And these are notes to people that you've had contact with on the weekend or whatever, and they can be things like they just had a baby, uh, thanks for the conversation, congratulations on this, you know, glad your son became Eagle Scout, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be long, but just a personal handwritten note. And Mm -hmm. So in the past, we've always used just like a generic kind of Northview Church thing yep. for all of our notes, which I thought, you know, it's, we all have this generic letterhead note mm-hmm. card, mm-hmm. and those are great. But I thought, well, what if we came up with a line of pastoral note cards? Right. And so our graphic guy, graphic people came up with kind of like praying for you card. Oh, very we've cool. We've got a thanking of you card. We've got a with deepest sympathy card we've got a happy birthday card so yeah, so it's like cool. there's a pastoral line of of cards that we all are resourced with as pastors 
and it sets us up to be a little bit more dialed in and specific with this touch point. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you, since we've been doing this, not just myself, but other pastoral staff said, I can't believe how much these little cards mean because they weren't in the habit or practice of doing this. And I'm like, yeah, a little touch can make it feel, take big church and make it feel very personal. Like, wow, they remembered me. Right, and there is something about the handwritten nature of those. There's something, you know, as we become more and more a digital culture, when you receive a tactile thing that's like handwritten, you see someone's actual, you know, you know, handwriting as terrible as it is, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it really does, you know, speak. And I think three is a very tangible number, right? You think, okay, three, I can do that. Well, back up. <clears throat> that's 150 cards a year. You know, if you've got a pastoral size of, you know, 10 staff, Gosh, you're talking 1,500 cards, you know, in a church of 7,000, that's a sizable dent. You know, that's a, you know, that's a reasonable number of people for you to, you know, to reach out to. Yeah, it it definitely makes a difference. And, uh, and, and I agree the handwritten, I, and I'm older than you, so it's, but it's not like I'm like, you know, Mr. Journal, journaler, but there's something about receiving a handwritten note that stands out from an email, a text message, uh, whatever. No, very true. No, I think that's great. I I love the idea too of kind of almost starter ideas. We've got cards that are, you know, here's some kind of ready to go, even for your team, because it gives them categories to be thinking about as they're interacting with people. Are you taking notes in in some on the weekends in some like a notepad or something to to remember that? What, What are you doing on that front? You know, I used to every I used to be in the habit I, I no longer am but I would carry on our worship program yep. and every conversation I would have I would write their name down yep. and try to see them again the next weekend so that's more of going back to the lobby atrium kind right. of strategy but then off of that you could write your notes because right. you're like oh I talked to them they mentioned about their child who was um, you know dyslexic or you know who knows what it is and you can you can write something you know that would be meaningful to them mm-hmm. and so uh so, but uh, I, I no longer do that. It felt, in some ways, you know, b- back when I started, we were a church of a thousand. Right. So it was, it's, it's gotten, as, as we've gone multi-campus and all that, it, we, you do feel like you start losing control of, right. of who's coming and who's going and all right. that. But. Yeah, we, we encourage our, uh, the people people on our side of church. We have these little things, they're called Levengers. They're a, um, they're like a notepad. We, we explicitly say, please don't take notes in your phone because it looks like it looks like you're disconnecting. That's good. Um, but yeah. these, the, the Levenger, it basically, you know, is like a, they call it a, a pocket briefcase. It's like a, it's a little notepad thing that you can stuff cards into. Um, and it makes it very easy for taking notes. And so it's become on, in our particular church, it's become a pattern. You see all our campus pastors, campus coordinators, anybody that's, that's kind of this charged with this side of what we do, they've got their Levenger. And then on Monday, You'll see all those folks pulling out those cards. Oh, yeah, I got to call this person. I got to yeah. make this note. I got to write this, you know, this deal for sure. So we'll put yeah. a link in the notes, um, you know, for more about those. Um, great idea. Great. What What else, um, you know, strategies to help make, uh, you know, make a church feel personal? I would say, you know, this is one that's more personal to me. I wouldn't say that we've done a big, vast training and teaching to all the pastoral staff. Yep. Again, I think our lead pastor, Steve, models this really well. But I, I use the the expression, and this is true of me, I'm low touch, I'm, I'm low tech, high touch. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a late adopter when it comes to technology and all that. It's just my nature. It's just who I am. But, uh, and you got to be careful in, our, in today's world about touch, but touch is one of the God-given mm. senses uh, that, 
that we are created with. And I think there is a huge amount of power in just touch. Look at Jesus Christ himself and the miracles that he did. Almost every one of them is associated with some kind of a touch, whether it's mm. healing the blind guy, the, yeah. the 12-year-old girl in Capernaum, or, or wh whatever it might be. Jesus was hand, kind of hands-on. And so I think that there's a place, who knows, in, in, the, in the people that are coming to Northview Church on the weekend, this could be the only time that somebody actually hugs them, mm, which true. is kind of a sad. Mm -hmm. And listen, I am not a touchy person. I grew up in a family. I can remember as a young adult, married, newly married, and determining that I was going to hug my dad because mm. I grew up never hugging my dad. Mm. And it was like hugging a board. And, and I wasn't very familiar <laughs> with it either. Right. Right. And so but we can learn these things. We can mm. learn to be. So whenever, you know, in the lobby and atrium, as I'm interacting with people, I am. Uh, I think that there is power in putting your hand on a person's shoulder mm, and so just true. actually just touching them. Yeah. As you know, or, or giving them a hug mm -hmm. or patting them on the back or whatever. And so, again, when Steve is going up and down the aisle, he's not just having conversations with people. Mm. He is engage with them on a touch level because mm -hmm. it's a powerful feeling mm -hmm. to it there's warmth in that mm -hmm. and so if you have a pastoral staff uh, you know obviously all this in the context of appropriateness yes, right absolutely a, a pastoral yeah. staff who is engaged at that level it makes your whole community feel warmer i mean mm -hmm. that's a part of the way god created us mm -hmm. absolutely you know i think there's and you know there's a lot of variety in that right there's the there's the you know even someone who you've relatively new with you can reach out and you know give them a touch on the shoulder on the elbow you know Sam it's so nice to meet you you know the sidearm hug exactly you know when I when I like I'll joke with you know folks when I go to give a hug I'll be like listen I'm sorry I'm just a hugger yeah you know yeah, and yeah. even the most like you know like you say you describe the board even when you you know the person that's of the board if you kind of almost be self joking about it like I'm just apologize I'm a hugger come here give me a hug exactly um, you know they'll they'll be like okay this guy's funny um, yeah, you know, I'll, yeah. you know, but I agree. I, I, I appreciate you. That's a that's a practical, nuanced, um, you know, tip there that, hey, even our, you know, how we're, you know, physically engaging with people, obviously, in an incredibly, like you said, you know, incredibly healthy manner, um, you know, is important for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I give thing. a lot of high fives. Yeah, you know, exactly. going around, the, especially to the kids and all yep. that. I'm always engaged in in the high five or up top or down low yeah. or just, you know, you're just kind of like. Uh, engaging people at more than just a conversational level. Yeah. It, it, there's a physical aspect to it. Yeah, one of the things we, we, we'll coach our, because we do, um, our hosting on stage is, um, we do it in pairs, so our service hosting we do with two people rather than just one. And it's interesting, those people have to think through the physicality of being on stage because you don't want them to be super wooden, right? And that right. kind of stuff, the like, you know, the punch on the shoulder, if the, if, uh, you know, the, if it's a, a woman and a man and the guy says something funny or stupid and if the lady punches him on the shoulder, you know, or, you know, the high fives, like, hey, wow, this was a great thing. All of that, the, 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 those small moments of touch communicate powerfully, uh, yeah. you know, to a community for sure. Yeah. Now that's, that's yeah. wonderful. Anything else you want to share with folks before we move on on how to make, you know, a mega church feel personal? I just think it, you just got to be intentional. You can't just, I think in our, our natural tendencies in general is not to, is to be passive and, and uh, step back. And we've got to teach and train and model for all the Amen. pastors in our church to be intentional and be engaging with people on the weekends. And then 
and then to write our notes throughout the week and, and make the phone calls and all that stuff. But it's just intentionality in my mind. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Today, we've been super honored to have Mark Crawl with us. He's the executive pastor at North Future, a church you should be checking out. Uh, Mark, what is an online resource that you're using these days uh, that's helping you in your ministry? Yeah. So, so like I said, I'm, I'm low tech, high tech, <laughs> I was wondering, so I, like, I qualified it with this. So I'm going to share something, paper, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to share something with you. You guys, your whole audience is going to be, Oh my gosh, this guy is a nerd. <laughs> no. So honestly, just recently I discovered within Microsoft Outlook, yes, there's a notes yes. feature yeah. that syncs with my iPhone yeah. and I can capture to do's while I'm out and about uh, if I'm thinking of something on my notes that's good. <laughs> icon on my phone and it syncs with and so I I have I've got I've built all these folders in my notes so I'm, I have like nine direct reports and each one has a folder and I'm thinking I got to talk with them about this no matter where I'm at at the desk or, or I always have my phone I can capture that and then when we meet, I just pull that up, whether I have my phone or my laptop. So there you go. That's all I got, Rich. That's, no, that's good. Come on. That's that's great. That's there. Are, that's a great feature for sure. Yeah. Um, what's a book you've read in the last, I don't know, maybe six months to a year that's had an impact on your thinking and ministry? Yeah, probably the most impactful book I finished just uh, about a month ago was Eric Metaxas wrote a book called Bonhoeffer. Mm. It's extremely long, but it chronicles Dietrich's life mm. and is the... Uh, enter, struggle, uh, torment he faced as a pastor, a God-fearing, God-loving man, and the realities that were going on in his beloved country mm. and how he would, you know, he became a part of a conspiracy to kill right. Hitler, right. which, I mean, that just blows my brain. Right. But, and I'm not, I wouldn't at all suggest, uh, you know, he, he, he came to that conclusion with great turmoil right. and distress, right. spiritual distress. Right. And I just wonder about, you know, uh, in, in our world today, it, it just caused me to really be reflective of our country and mm. where we're at mm. and who we are. And mm. we're pastors and how, how he engaged with his country and how do we engage and, and what are we willing to, to, um, to what length are we willing to, to, um, Trust God with mm. what He's entrusted us with mm -hmm. the the gospel and mm -hmm. the message of God's word and, and all this. So mm -hmm. it, it created a lot of distress in me to to read that book because I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I, you know. Sometimes I feel like am I like a am I fully engaged right. in this work of pastoral ministry? Right? Has it become professional? Is it just like this yeah. is something you know? This yeah. is something I do rather than right. wow, this is this is who I am and is is a, a part of this radical transformation of our culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. It's good to be distressed every once in a while it's, when you read. It's distressing. So if you want to be distressed, spiritually, <laughs> read that book. No, that's good. That's good, right? For sure. What's another ministry you're looking to these days? You know that inspires you. Gosh, you know one of the things that's uh, really uh, on my mind current currently, and again, this came out of my sabbatical experience. What is? I came back to Northview feeling like, what can I do to make men better men? at Northview Church because hmm. if 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 I if God could use me to make men better men then 
everybody wins. You know, Heibel says when the leader wins, you know, when the leader wins, everybody wins. And I think men in our culture, in families, in relationships as husband and wife, in churches, if men can get it, then then everybody, the, the dominoes all fall in the right direction. Mm. And so one of the things I'm field testing this summer with a group of nine guys from our church is a, uh, and I did it when I was in my early 30s, is men's, men's fraternity, the quest for authentic manhood. Mm-hmm. And they've taken that content. It's a long program. The original was like a 24-week study, mm-hmm. and it was life-changing for me personally. Mm-hmm. But they've taken it, and they broke it into six-week sessions called mm-hmm. 30, uh, 33 The Series. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing just the first six-week uh, on definition of manhood and all this kind of stuff. And so I kind of envision at Northview, we're a groups and teams culture. Get right. in a group, join a team to serve. Right. And I, I can envision a whole bunch of, of, of man groups right. going through the content of, of uh, 33 where guys are getting it. Mm. Kind of like I got it when I was a younger man. And I'm still trying to live that out. It's not like I figured it out, but right. I at least had a compelling vision for my life. Right. Very cool. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive today, who would you want to get that with and why? I I really think the world of Henry Cloud. I've never met Henry Cloud. I've heard him speak and I've read his books. And to me, you know, I, Aunt Stanley says the best question you can ask yourself is what, what's the wise thing to do? Mm. And there are certain people in the world that when I read what they have to say or when I hear them speak, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, that dude is insightful. Right. He 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 kind of understands people right and so uh, uh if you know probably henry cloud you know when, mm. when when i think about that just off the top of my head people like a henry cloud mm. uh i would love to just sit down and have a meal with and and mm. just learn very cool well i appreciate being on the show today i know you know leading in your church takes a lot and uh, what do you do when you need to unplug and just be like ah i just need some personal time what do you do i am one of those weird runners so ah nice uh, uh, so I, I do a lot of, of running. I'm a fly fisherman. Oh, cool. uh, so I, I always take at least one big trip a year to get away and be on a river and, and fly fish. Um, and, uh, and for the first time in, in our married life, we're empty nesters. Mm. I guess not the first time. So right. we, we had a few years before kids. Yes. But our youngest went to college. So uh, Karen and I it kind of, it's like a new season of life. I was you know, going to say, is that congratulations? Is that, is that what's in door? <laughs> it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah cool. we've been really, the kids are doing great. So to be able to just kind of reconnect and, and, and not have that, you know, so hanging out with Karen is yeah. always a great time. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Gosh, you can just look us up online, northviewchurch.us, nice. and uh, we can connect that way on our staff page i think there are links to emails and whatnot so send me an email and we'll connect or you can follow me on twitter or uh, uh, i'm on instagram i don't do facebook it's just too too overwhelming there's too much on there i can't i can't manage it all twitter's about my capacity yeah right exactly well you hear they're going to increase the character limit on twitter so i did hear that that's distressing that's distressing too i'm like oh no i love it it's only a couple sentences you know for sure well mark i really appreciate being on the show today thank you so much uh thanks for leading at your church well thank you for what you do rich really appreciate it 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.